Not safe for network. I'm Biggs. I'm Brandon. And I'm Carl. So we got a whole bunch of stuff to get to today. So what did you want to cover first, Carl? Well, let's just open with our celebrity death. Mr. Ed Asner passed away this morning. Read that about half hour, 45 minutes ago. And I was like, didn't he pass away like a year ago? <laughs> and I maybe I'm getting him confused with somebody else, but I don't remember hearing it. Yeah. But maybe it's a Mandela thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Ed Asner, for people not in the know, I think he's most famous for Mary Tyler Moore's show. He was Mary Tyler Moore's boss in the show, which they then spun off into his own show based off of his character. And God, I cannot, I did not read the article. I just found out about this. So yeah. uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was named after his character. I remember that. And that also went for a couple of years. It was also like a very successful show. Well, I think people our age will probably remember remember him from two things he was santa claus in elf yes yeah that's and right. he was the old guy in up yeah so yeah. we don't even recognize him visually from up but like if you can picture santa claus from elf then you can picture ed asner and he's pretty great and he was 91 so i'd say life well lived yeah not not gonna like be distraught over it but fond farewell i suppose he also came to Helena and did – he was doing this one-man show and he hmm. did it at the Myrna Loy. And so Zach Lakenbrook, who we used to do some podcasts with, actually was his driver and told the story on Montucky Skies about it. But apparently super grouchy, not an act, like didn't want to interact with anybody or <laughs> anything, like very, very grouchy, uh, at least for that weekend. Was, How long ago? Oh, man. It was probably like a decade ago. So he like still would have been in, in his 80s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it would have been. After that up. grouchiness. Right. But then there's like, if I can get to like, I'm not trying to like throw dirt on the guy's legacy or anything, but also like Holocaust denier at Asner. Like that is a phrase that is true. <laughs> so um, it's not all unicorns and rainbows. Well, it, never, <laughs> it never is with anybody, is it really? Like I actually started watching documentary. I'm making finger quotes because it's called Superstar Remembering John Ritter. I started to watch it and it was just a wank fest, man. And I'm like, I totally get it. I love John Ritter too. I think he's great. I remember him in so many different roles and always fondly. Yeah, me But too. like, it was just person after person of like, just... He was the greatest guy. He, give you the shirt off his back. Yeah. That kind of and story I'm over like, and over again. I, I only need to hear that once. You know, I believe you. Yeah. Like, what are you hiding <laughs> when it's all roses? I wound up just turning it off because I was like, I get it. He was awesome, you know, and I don't want to watch his son cry about it anymore. Even though it was sweet when I first started watching it, I was like, like, okay, you got it. Why are you still filming this? So I just watched a documentary that I think is an example of the kind of documentary that you would actually want to watch. Bob Ross? Yes. Yeah, I watched the Bob Ross documentary and I was going in with trepidation because I'm like, I really love Bob Ross. He was a part of my life and I don't want to like see something that shows that he was a scuzzball. But I watched it anyway because I kind of want to know. And uh, 
Turns out he was a really good dude. But I my my history with Bob Ross was my grandpa used to watch his show a lot when I was a kid. And so I, I watched it with him and like never interested in learning how to paint really, but I always liked the show. And then as an adult, just found it was very calming. And I really liked having it on in the background because it just made me feel good, I guess. And then there was a couple of times when it hit Netflix, like his show, The Joy of Painting. And I would turn it on sometimes when the kids were being really wild in the living room and they would just slowly start to like calm down and they would kind of make fun of it because it's like a guy with an afro there but then you know there's just something about his calming presence there's just like this black backdrop behind it and then they're doing these close-ups on the photo or on his paintings and then even the kids were like impressed that every episode by the end of the episode he's got a painting it's not trickery like they're he's literally painting so fast that like you can see him do the entire landscape as he's going across the show. So it was like impressive too. But this this was basically just talking about how it came together. It, it was essentially like he was doing these painting classes and he watched this video that this guy did on how to paint oil paintings really fast. And he was like, this guy's got to be way better than me because it takes me days to make one. And so he was sitting there watching it. And apparently it was a process that was done since like medieval times. All right, dude. <laughs> well, I, I'm, what? I'm getting into it. Where's the, but we're way too into completely. I'm, I'm getting into it. It's important. I swear it's important for this. So he's interested in that. So he starts teaching classes and this couple is watching the classes that he's teaching. And then they decide we can make money off of this guy. So they join up with him and they start promoting his classes on TV. And then eventually they get the idea let's make it a TV show so it winds up going on PBS and Bob Ross loves it but like these guys are using that show to promote these painting classes and so as you go a long time they're like starting to like come up with a line of paints and Bob Ross was prickly with them because he was always like I'm not doing inferior paints like I want it to be up to this standard it was very high standard of everything that had his name that came out they just kept pushing him on stuff and so when he wanted to like have his son take over the show and his son did not want to take over the show and was hesitant towards it um eventually bob ross got cancer and knew he was going to go so he was filming shows three times a day at times just to get as much out as he could before he passed and when he finally stepped away from it he was on his deathbed for months and they kept calling up trying to get him to sign these contracts to sign over his name like over and over again while he's on his deathbed it was one of the few things that seemed to genuinely make him upset and so after he passed they started using his name to sell everything shirts mugs pens paints inferior paints i might add now all of these different things and they were suing anybody who talked about bob ross at all to scare him out of like talking about him because they were just like they they wanted to keep him as this brand as this name he had a friendly relationship with other painting shows and they squeezed out people after he died and made sure that like not only did they lose their spot in these guilds but that like they lost their tv shows and then his son went to sue him because he found an old contract where his son was supposed to have 49 percent of everything that was in there and his uncle was gonna have 51 percent and his uncle had unknowingly to him sold off that 51 percent to this couple which is how they're able to produce everything so it's like typical awful capitalism but like they just took advantage of it but it's interesting when you watch it and like how they really sullied his name to be honest and then they get into the sexual side of bob ross which is like he had a few women <laughs> <laughs> and uh and he had an affair with one of the two and 
then like they called it off, but they still had this business arrangement, but they had kind of trapped him into a contract that he couldn't get out of. And the one thing he had left was his name and they took it. So it's a very interesting documentary because you see how they fucked him over. And I will ask on a personal level, please don't buy any Bob Ross shit because these two people are profiting off of all of this and doing awful. Like if you like Bob Ross, do not engage with buying Bob Ross. Make your own Bob Ross stuff. Yeah. Just remember what made you happy and know that you can't really encapsulate that on a coffee mug, you know? Yeah, it's real, really a shame when stuff like that happens. There's a band I love called No Means No, and uh, somehow they, due to some issue, they lost all the rights to their own songs. And uh, so anytime there's No Means No merchandise being promoted, they will go out of their way to say, don't buy our this merchandise because we don't see a dime of it. It's just some asshole that owns this the rights and is like profiting off of all the years of years of work that they put into their band, like their dozen albums and whatnot. And they don't get like, it's one of the few bands that I love that has a prolific thing, not on Spotify. There's like four songs that happen to be on compilation albums, you know, but none of their albums. Oh, some else I wanted to say about Bob Ross before we move <laughs> on from it. Uh, <laughs> This is just a whimsical thing that I enjoyed. So apparently he was really into having his hair look interesting. And they show all these pictures from when he's younger and he'd have like the most coiffed like pompadour and things. And before he started the joy of painting, he started getting, you know, his afros. And like he kept doing that. Like that was not natural. That was him going to the hairstylist every couple of months and making sure that they did that because he just loved it. And it's hard to even picture that guy without that. Like that's kind of... Weirdly enough, a key to that guy. So I just kind of enjoyed that too. There were little things. It was called the joy of painting because. Okay, the, okay. We, at we, the time. You need to leave us a little bit so that when we watch it, we have something to watch. So much. I think just like watching Bob Ross and enjoying Seriously, it. let's move on. <laughs> I'm over Bob Ross now. All right, fine. What else you got? So I want to uh, talk about something you you guys talked about when I was gone. And speaking of good hair, you guys got Ben Schwartz and Joe Keener mixed up. I don't know who Joe Keener is. So you were talking about Free Guy a lot uh-huh. on the last episode. And you had said Ben Schwartz was in that as the cop. He wasn't? No, that was Joe Keenan from uh, Stranger Things. Well, I didn't get that wrong. <laughs> and I'm I haven't seen Free Guy. Fixing your mistakes here. <laughs> Joe Keener. Do you oh, have Joe Keery. Keery, right, sorry. I apologize. Do we got anything else? <laughs> Joe Keery plays Steve Harrington in yeah. Stranger Things, another show I don't watch. But I recognize him. He's got big hair. I see why it would be like easy. Like the hair to, from like, Ben Schwartz. Yeah. I understand the, the mix-up. They have kind of a similar look. Okay. I fucked up. I admit it. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm surprised you would get it wrong since your favorite movie is Sonic the Hedgehog. I and, haven't uh, seen it. And he's and the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog. Ben Schwartz games. is Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, and what's interesting is... Uh, Not Joe Keery. Yeah, Ben Schwartz is Sonic the Hedgehog, and he was Sonic the Hedgehog. They hired him to do the the tests, just to test the, the character. And then they auditioned a bunch of other people, and everyone they auditioned was worse than him. So they called him back and were like, all right, Sonic. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons. Also, uh, the return of uh, classic uh, Ace Ventura style Jim Carrey. But that's one of the many reasons why it has become Alex's favorite movie. 
<laughs> Still haven't seen it, just to be clear. It's weird that your favorite movie is one you haven't seen yet. Dude, that guy really does look like Ben Schwartz. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like looking no, at it's his totally it's an it's a it's an understandable mistake for sure. Yeah, I'm like looking straight at it and I was like, it really did look like Ben Schwartz, and I'm looking at it, I was like, it really did look like Ben Schwartz. Yeah. No, no, I get it where you think it's the same. I think it's... that Joe Curie is like a flawed clone of Ben Schwartz. Like <laughs> you might they, be right. he didn't cook in the incubation chamber quite long enough. Like not enough to make him like a monster. Monster, but like, just like if he'd have been in there for like six more minutes. <laughs> you know, sometimes the, like the egg timer runs low and like it doesn't quite go off. The spring's not quite right. As the tight spring's as it used not to coiled be. enough. You yeah. have to like wind those things up a little bit sometimes before you actually set up. <laughs> It's kind of like Daniel Craig should have been a supermodel, but like stuff just did, like he overbaked just a little bit. So he looks like a model that went slightly wrong. You know yeah, what I he's mean? Like he's handsome, but <laughs> yeah. there's like certain angles you looked at him where you're like, boy, man, th- that why, why didn't that quite turn out? <laughs> no, you know, that's, I think the Daniel Craig thing is like, you know, he's a British handsome guys so like there's a lot of not so handsome looking people in britain so he looks a lot more handsome but you take him out of that context and you're like it's not quite so as good as it looks yeah it's weird <laughs> you know who he's like in that way is uh alanis morissette like alanis morissette and i'm thinking specifically in the 90s you would see certain angles with her where you're like wow she's a knockout and then you'd see her from other angles and you're like she looks completely different like you can tell it's the same person but the pro Profile is no joke on Alanis Morissette. Like, it completely changes her look depending on where you shoot her from. There's just certain people like that, the dimensions of their skull just Willem kind of throw things off. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting one because he looks like the most handsome dude from certain angles. And then from other angles, he just looks wrong and evil and like he's lurking. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the parts he plays. Like, no matter what you watch him with, depending on the angle you hit him, he has very different looks. Yeah. Like, if you look, Look at the last temptation of Christ. I feel like they usually kind of show him straight on when they show his face because like he is supposed to be, you know, this bastion of of good and and wholesomeness. But then if you look at him in something like Spider-Man, for example, he looks like the green cop. <laughs> it's just it's and we'll get back to that. I yeah. don't mean to like tease that as like a segue. We'll get back to that. I think we gotta save that a little bit. Yeah. Should we talk about what if since we're just on the Marvel tip there? I'll go into some what if. All right. What did you think about it? We didn't even get to hear you. So, we haven't got to hear your thoughts on any of the three episodes. Yeah. I and with what you guys said last week, uh talking about I thought the first one was fine. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't like eh, if they're all like this, I'm Yeah. I'll be done. But I'm like but I could see like, oh, okay. It, it was it was it was fine enough present. Uh, the second one was way more interesting, and I thought it changed a lot a lot of stuff off of what um, we know the MCU to be. So it actually like really delved in and played with stuff. You can see the butterfly effect. Yeah, and then the third one was I thought even more interesting, um, where they basically killed off all the Avengers, a good chunk of them. Like what? Five of them. It takes out Hawkeye, all, all, Black the, all, Widow, the, all Thor, the 2012, the, like most of the 2012. Like your phase, most of your phase one heroes. Everybody but Captain America goes out, right? Because yeah. he's still in the ice. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they cut it off. 
before he's thought out because Incredible actually... Hulk, Iron Man 2, and uh, um, Thor all take place within a week of each other. And that is canon, too. The, so. the post-credit scene, they actually were thawing out Captain America. They had a post-credit scene? Yeah, they were thawing out. I looked out. for one, and I must have skipped over it because I'm not sitting through every credit anymore but no they're uh they had one little cut scene and they were thawing out captain america because like they had the voiceover with jeffrey wright talking about like you know even though all of these heroes are oh no no that wasn't a cut scene that's the end of the episode but they were thawing out captain america when he like scrapes across the ice and you see the shield yeah and then they show captain marvel showing up because he says yeah something about captain and he really yeah that's just the end of the episode that it's not a cut scene okay <laughs> I'm not trying to I'll nitpick. I was just like, God damn it, I missed a cutscene because I was really watching for it. But okay. So I liked this episode quite a bit. Uh not quite as much as the second episode, but I didn't need to either. It like I like that these three episodes are all very different. Like they all do different things with what if, which tells me they're gonna play with it quite a bit, which is great. I don't want to know there's gonna be a happy ending every single time. Uh I like the idea that they leave things open like Marvel movies always leave things open. And I've heard the possibility they're gonna go back to certain characters and which I'm fine with. Like what if also did that? Not initially, but eventually they started yeah. doing runs of like six issues. I mean when if a certain character gets enough generates enough buzz they would be fools not to capitalize on it so oh yeah they're going to sell toys for peggy carter as captain carter captain right? carter yeah i keep wanting to say captain Breton, but that's they, they pointedly did not call her captain Breton, which makes yep. me think they're gonna do something with captain Breton eventually yeah I really enjoyed that we got to hang with Samuel L. Jackson for a whole episode. Yeah. That was probably more Samuel L. Jackson time than any and, other. And we get to see, to like, him Nick be a Fury. Badass. Yeah. He, he's not being played by, an, like, a 70-year-old man, so he can actually, like, do backflips and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unless that was Loki's Which illusion. I'm super impressed every time I see Samuel L. Jackson play Nick Fury and, like, the amount of stuff that he still does – at his age, yeah, is like I mean, impressive. Nick Fury pretty pretty much just talks to his ear and walks. But like specifically, Winter Soldier, he has the whole bit in the car where he's like shooting stuff and driving and bouncing around. Yes, and- but he's all he's pretty much doing that all from a car seat, right? Like yeah. it's him pressing buttons. So all he's really doing is pressing buttons. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty. It's it's done in a, it's awesome. It's but done then, in a clever you, way. If you think like if you think back at it, it's like well, he didn't really. He do a front flip. He, he does a front flip in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but that's not canon. <laughs> and also, like, a stunt actor did No, a front you see flip. his face the whole time. <laughs> Go back and watch it. I won't tell you which episode. You'll have to watch them all to find it. I know he was in the first season. He's I in remember the season that finale episode. of the first season. Of okay. I and did that's, not know I that. think that's it. Maria Hill shows up a couple more times. But yeah. Yeah. She seemed to be one of the movie people I could get because she was still doing TV. And then the final season gets a guy from Agent Carter joins the cast for basically the latter half of the final season. Is it Dum Dum Dugan? Okay. It's the guy that uh, gets used a lot. He he originally was part of like the 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 Joss Whedon stable of actors that he pulls from constantly, but he has since transitioned into an, the MCU stable. And I think he's buddies with uh, Lord Miller 
to uh, not the Russos. Sorry, the Russos, not Lord and Miller. Yeah, Russo Lord and Miller is doing Marvel Spy- stuff for Sony. So. Yeah, they do Spider Verse stuff. Yeah, yeah, they're in charge of the Spider Man universe now. I don't know how much of a hand they had in the new Venom movie or Morbius, Morbius. or Craven, but after those, they're doing Black Cat. They're doing right? everything. They're they're gonna be. They're they're overseeing the entire thing now, right? So yeah. starting with Black Cat, probably, probably, because I think yeah. that's the that's going to be after those other two. That, or other if there's a, a Spider Verse sequel before that, they'll be in charge of that as well. Which that's the reason why they have that gig, you know. Uh, what did you think about the new What If? By the way, I feel like it was it was fun that like the first episode was like a story we've seen before with minor changes, but a lot of the scenes we're seeing are recreations of scenes from movies. And then the second one was like this extreme different. The universe is completely different. And then this third one was like we're gonna stick with the history of the MCU, but we're going to tell an original story based on one thing changing. And it's, that's going to be like the thing that changed is not in the episode. Yes. It's, it's Hope Van, Hope Van Dyne getting, joining the, joining the shield. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that happened already. Yeah. So what we're seeing is like several dominoes down the way, but it's still like kind of a one thing has changed. So it's a minor change to the universe, but we're seeing a farther out ripple effect as opposed to we're seeing the inciting event and then the minor ripples that come off of that, which is why it's still so similar to the original story. And then with the second story, we're seeing it years down the road and so much has changed. And I guess it really helps when... Peter Quill isn't Star-Lord. The universe is just a way better place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In so many ways. And Star-Lord's working it's at Dairy Queen. It's such a wonderful dig on Chris Pratt's Star-Lord. Yeah. And I think that like – I think that of all of the people in the MCU, he's the perfect one to do that to because – he is kind of a schlubby. He's he's a schlubby guy. He's the schlubbiest yep. Get yep. hero of the MCU. You know, he's almost still his character from Parks and Rec. <laughs> I mean, that's why they casted him. He's like, like 100%, you know. He goes he goes uh, in the, in Parks and Rec he says, "This was an one of the rare improvised moments in Parks and Rec. Not rare, but like one of the big ones where he's he's on his computer and he says, Amy, I I asked Google what sickness you had, and it's telling me that you have internet connectivity issues. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fucking dumb. (laughs) And it's just a wonderful moment. And uh, he's kind of that a little bit, especially in Endgame when he's like so insecure. And they even are like commenting on his weight and stuff. And – He's not even like the fat one in that. No, I guess that's Infinity War. I, it's like that's a meta joke. Because they're comparing right? they're, him they're to making, Thor. They're making a meta joke because of the Chris Wars. So they're like, they're making that meta joke of like, well, Chris Pat- Pratt became a hunky guy for Guardians of the Galaxy. So they're kind of joking about that because I don't think that was ever an issue for Chris Hemsworth or, or Chris Evans, right? <laughs> like, yeah. They've been, as long as they've been in front of a camera, they've been pretty attractive. So do you think Chris Hardwick was always the worst Chris? Yes. Like, was- if you look at those four, sure. If we look at Chris's over history, dude, Chris Brown is pretty despicable. Yeah. Yeah, but he's like... 
not a white guy. <laughs> so we're just looking at white Chris's. We're like basically white actor Chris's or I uh, know Chris Hardwick. No, Chris Hardwick's an actor. He's an actor. Yeah. He's yeah. an actor. He, he was in, in stuff. he was in a house of a thousand corpses. Yep. Yeah. He gets scalped. It's great. He does the voice of the snake and, uh, Phoebus and Ferb. And like as kind of weird and gross of a person as he wound up being. Cause like Wait, that's not the name of the Chris show. Hardwick was not like an abuser per se, but he had really weird, strict rules to his that he applied to his life as like a a gone sober guy. And he also like forced those rules on his wife as well. And she, he basically was like kind of a bully and like I guess he was like psychological abuse, but he wasn't like a puncher. Yeah. We tend like to that. think of physical or sexual abuse, but like verbal abuse emotional is a real thing. and like controlling. Right. Like that's yeah. very controlling kind of thing. Like just like unattractive qualities in a person in general. Yeah. You know, kind of the way that Aziz Ansari got called out, not necessarily for being like doing anything actually actionable but just being kind of a gross dude one night yeah you know and uh you know getting called out for that sucks but at least you're not like a monster or potentially facing criminal charges (laughs) so that's better we're all kind of we can all suck sometimes like that we've all we've all had moments of of weakness or short-sightedness things in the moment yeah i don't want to necessarily i don't know the aziz and sorry thing is weird because i read that and it was like okay this is just like a shitty thing that guys do sometimes but yeah it wasn't actionable like you said it, it was just in this weird zone that i don't think we totally know how to talk about in society i think it's just, just behavior like that doesn't need to be to tar like to stain a person for the rest of their life but it does need to be openly addressed yeah. yeah. And said, this is not how we should behave. Yeah. Like, we need to. He's not the devil. It's part and of. And we like, don't have to hate him for the rest of his life or even for another day. It, but we need to talk about it. It's, you know? Yeah. It's, it's it one of those up. things that is like a blind spot in culture right now. And uh, it's not really being addressed. So I think that was partially why that was like a weird one to drop because it was it was like right in the midst of like your Harvey Weinsteins and things like that right so yeah and it muddies the waters it it people love to paint with a real wide brush and so Aziz Ansari gets swept up with Harvey Weinstein which that is completely that's not a a fair comparison or like even comparing Aziz Ansari to like Louis CK you know doesn't really work yeah i think louis ck was a lot more reprehensible considering it affected people's careers you know yeah that was in the workplace yeah you know aziz ansari happened behind in his private place with consenting people that like etc etc it's just you know sometimes people can be pushy and they can have expectations that that are unrealistic that's the thing is like she could have walked away at any point but that's it shouldn't have been done either like it was if people want to know what we're talking about, this is one that's probably easier to just, just look Google up, it. Just look up and read the article. Like read it's her worth read her depiction of the night because it's accurate. It feels accurate for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure that he has corroborated her. It seems I mean, like he it, can't yeah. corroborate how she he was basically feeling, he basically was responded feeling. to it in a stand up special on Netflix. So, but it clearly affected him enough where the third season of Master of None, he's not in it. Like he's writing it and producing it, but he's not in. It. That was actually due more to the pandemic than anything else. You could say what you want to say. It, like it I, wasn't me saying sure, it, right? I'm sure. Well, that's what I don't mean. You, I mean, like, say whatever you want to say. <laughs> I, I'm it, sorry. I kind of, it I kind of know where it's really for the record. From. It wasn't.
wasn't Aziz that was saying that either. It was other people. And like the, I think it was the woman that whose character was at the central point mm-hmm. of the show. And I think she, uh, she doesn't strike me as the type to be um, blowing smoke up our asses about him. <laughs> she's also an employee and trying to sure. get that show to keep going so that's always tough dude. man we're way off track we are this one's my fault uh i, I don't I like, even remember honestly i don't even remember how we got onto aziz well we were about to talk about how hank pym was b- basically bumblebee in this <laughs> or yellow, yellow jacket, jacket, yellow I mean, jacket. which is interesting because it's like a comic thing but never been represented in the movies so it was kind of fun that they actually went there because anybody who read the comics was immediately like Oh, that makes sense. Like he definitely was a villain for a while and cracked up and they were they decided to show Hank that which Pym is fun. Pim famously canceled for years for being one of the few Dude. Marvel heroes that gave his wife a punch in the mouth. <laughs> Dude, uh, yeah, so I have the Ultimate Comics where they they cover that. I don't know if that was in the 616 or not, but it was definitely in the Ultimates, like their their version of the Avengers. I think it is 616 because the version of that story that I picture in my head is like Silver Age era. It's like way early, early. It's an old, old story. I wasn't familiar with that story, but I read the Ultimates one, and it was interesting when I watched it because I was like, this is fucked up when I was reading it. But then as they continue on, they're not shying from it they're saying like no he's a terrible human being because of this you know and they're not giving him a pass in in any in any way shape or form so yeah it's just like that character is like very problematic to marvel which is makes it not surprising that when they do the michael douglas character they have him in a reduced role and they decide to go with scott lang scott lang yeah he's more interesting character anyways plus he's got a daughter that's a little kid, so that it gives fits them the, the Marvel formula right. better, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for what you want out of your hero. Hank Pym is like, I mean, he vacillates between hero and villain, so. Marvel was so excited when they were finally able to give Iron Man a kid. They were like, we'll give him like a, we'll give him like a pseudo kid in the third one. Because we got Shane Black (laughs) and he can't make a movie without a sassy kid in it. So. And then they give him Spider-Man who's his ward. And and then they made Spider-Man his sassy (laughs) kid. And then, then they're like, he's got a kid and he, she loves him 3000 and oh, isn't that going to just bring a tear to your eye? Well, and it actually yeah. does kind of hit me pretty good. That kid is cute, dude. That kid yeah. can act. That little girl can fucking act. But like when she says shit, but can she swing she a, from a web any size? Are you rapping a run the jewels song? Right now? <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> The Spider-Man trailer dropped. So yes. funny, dude. Yeah. We were talking about the whole Endgame thing last episode about how we were discussing what might Correction. be the Endgame trailer. You were talking about that. You're the one that brought up the <laughs> Spider-Man trailer, though. But I didn't make no... And I, I, I made that comparison, and then literally it dropped the day that I dropped the episode. So, like, history repeated itself. So, I'm just telling everybody. I wonder if everybody's going to get vaccinated. What do you think about this? Like, I'm just trying to actualize everything. Everybody getting vaccinated yeah. now. Let's do that it. That would be cool. <laughs> just all of a sudden there's an internet story on Monday morning that's just like everybody 100% of people vaccinated. <laughs> How did that happen? I didn't even know there was that much vaccine on the earth. <laughs> Spider-Man trailer. It's yeah. looking pretty good. Yeah. What would you guys think? Well, it's definitely Mephisto. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I really enjoyed the look of like, uh, Doctor Strange in like snow pants and a parka and then the cape. <laughs> yeah. Like that was a great look. I, I'm still, 
I haven't heard anybody really like a couple of people have mentioned it, but like nobody's really talking about why it's snowing. Why it's snowing inside inside the, the sanctum? I have a theory on that. We don't know the timeline of this movie outside of like at least part of it takes place right after the second one. So it's somewhere between Scorcher and Scorcher Two. So it's possible <laughs> that he just hasn't. No, I'm sorry. It was Scorcher Two and Scorcher Three. Yeah, is this pre, annoying because it's a bad joke. Pre-Beyond uh, <laughs> the Thunderdome. It's possible they haven't patched up the roof yet from the Hulk falling through it. They, I, yeah. Doctor Strange doesn't look like a handy guy and he may not care enough to do anything. He's too, him. he's like too busy to like worry about it. That would be in, that's a good for like a one-off joke in the opening of the movie. So the teaser trailer, by the way, a lot of people have been saying, how can you call this a teaser trailer when it's literally like three and a half minutes long, almost four minutes long of a trailer? I think the mistake people are making with that is that they're thinking that the teaser part is applying, being applied to trailer. Like a teaser trailer is like 30 seconds long mm-hmm. and it's just like quick cuts of brief flashes of things. Some character and like walking out of the shadows and you're like, line, like lines of dialogue completely taken out of context and just like ethereal floating and you don't see anybody saying anything kind of thing. But what this was is a teaser of the movie, which means I think everything in this trailer for the most part is very like they showed us the first five minutes of the movie basically. Yeah. And they, I think they gave us a sort of broad stroke of the first like quarter of the movie. I think it's like the first act or so. Yeah. So – Although I'm guessing there might be an errant scene or two that are from later, but they're not moving along the story of the trailer per se. Yeah. Somebody on uh, the Weekly Planet's uh, post, like they were saying that they think that uh, when Doc Ock says, hi, Peter, that he's not saying it to Tom Holland, Peter, but he's saying it to Tobey Maguire. Yeah, they're not alone in that speculation. So like – or he could that just see. It's just the way that trailers get cut these days is they can make it look like two people are talking to each other when they're lines that are com- from completely different scenes. Let me throw out a further theory. It could be that he's talking to Tom Holland, Spider Man, but he's just seeing the suit and it's obviously a Spider Man suit. So he assumes that his Peter Parker's underneath it. We just don't know. Like, right. And yeah. it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's a, no, that's the, the what matters is we got Doc Ock. Yeah. <laughs> Which we knew because Alfred Morelli confirmed it. Long he was saying ago. it was the worst kept secret Molina. in Hollywood. Molina, yeah. yeah, sorry. He was saying it was the worst kept secret in Hollywood and that they took off from right when he it. was supposed to die in the water. It takes off from that point. Uh, worst so, kept secret because he couldn't keep the secret. <laughs> yeah, but can I put on a conspiracy like hat here? Is no. it possible that like Marvel said was no. like, go ahead <laughs> – Go ahead and uh, and run with this. Like, just tease out this thing. Like, maybe they did that with Tom Holland. Marvel a bit. doesn't care about spoilers for Sony movies. <laughs> They're getting profits off of it, right? Yeah. But at, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It moves they forward. Don't, everything like people are talking about the new Doctor Strange movie because of this. On top of it, all like, I'm Marvel saying is absolutely that profits from this. Marvel, I'm, but they don't have to. It's not on them to like do that shit. 
I'm saying it's on Sony. Oh, to release a trailer? No, they have control over all of that. With That's part of their deal is that they get con- creative control over it and they get to like shape the trailers. That was what part of the rub last time uh, with the second Spider-Man Look, movie saying, was like Sony was pushing them. We need to put yeah, it out that because that wasn't that's not part what I'm of saying. I'm saying all I'm saying is that at the end of the day, it's a Sony movie. So Marvel doesn't have to care about things getting spoiled in a Sony movie. They don't have to care. They get 30% of the profits off of that. It's a Sony movie. It says Sony at the beginning. <laughs> I know, but they still get 30% of profits and they're the ones that put it together. They care because it's they like do. tied I in with everything else. I'm saying they don't have to care. They don't have to, but they do because it's money. <laughs> <laughs> if they care, then why is there a conspiracy theory about Alfred Molina being told to leak this? Because it's a Spider-Man thing and everybody's very excited about it. I just want to go down the road of like, what if Tom Holland wasn't a fuck up this whole time? What if they were just like, go ahead, you're a teenager. Nobody will think twice about it. And then he got in trouble too many times. So they're like, we'll make a joke about it. But uh, Alfred, you're up. Like, you want to make a little extra cash? Go talk about how Dr. Octopus is in it say these key things well, i prefer the conspiracy theory that zendaya is like laughs way too hard at everything tom holland says whenever they're in a press tour and that that is like totally like bullshit and she, nothing tom holland says is that funny but she laughs so hard at she is everything an he says she's not one of us she's like trying <laughs> like she does he really just butter her bread that much I don't think so. I honestly can't tell you. He tickles her pink. I know I have a couple of girls in my household that have a massive crush on Tom Holland, so I wouldn't be surprised. They'll laugh at anything he says. Probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> like nervously? Like no, but like I'm talking like hard. Like you just said the funniest thing I've ever heard. I bet she doesn't do that in private is what I'm saying. Maybe the interviews are cut so that they make it look <laughs> like she finds everything funny. <laughs> like maybe they're editing around it. Video? Yeah. That's getting into real deep fast conspiracy with like deep fakes <laughs> and shit. You're not going to be – you got to deep fake that kind of stuff. You can't actually – what if neither of them are on press tours? It's two other people and they're and just being deep faked. That's, I could believe you, it. You better keep that to yourself. What It'll if there are variants out there? <laughs> That are deep faking this. That would uh, that would be simpler if you could build interdimensional technology. It'd be simpler to just grab a copy from another parallel universe than to like go through an elaborate computer mapping process. Let's it's ad- like simpler and more complicated at the same time. Let's address. You just gotta figure out <laughs> interdimensional <laughs> travel. travel. Yeah, that's step one. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell him. That's any, a big first step. Don't tell him about the sub steps. Don't. Do it. You gotta like. You've already won if you've completed step one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Then there's step one A. Let's talk 1A, about some of the other conspiracy 1. theories that are popping up around this, or speculation, wild speculation. Uh, so one thing I want to talk about here is: is that Doctor Strange in the trailer? Because when I watched it, I was initially like charmed by Doctor Strange, but I was like, that doesn't feel right. Doctor Strange is not charming. He's kind of a douche. And so there's this theory that it's not really Doctor Strange. You actually brought up a point that was pretty good that I think people are overlooking with this. Like the way he winks at him? Well, I was, when I presented this to you the other day, you were like, well, he's kind of conceited, right? (laughs) And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, Because, like, why would he do this spell when he doesn't seem to give a shit about anybody else? And it's like, well, he's conceited. Wong told him not to. So in that regard, it does 
track that Doctor Strange just thinks he can do anything. And right? just like also Wong <clears throat> telling the Sorcerer Supreme. He did it all through Doctor Strange. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But he wasn't the Sorcerer Supreme yet though. True. But he's still and now like, he this, is, this is, and this is their relationship, <laughs> right? Like this is their relationship. He like, needs that. He needs to be tempered by somebody. And apparently Rachel McAdams can't do it because she's off winning Eurovision with Will Ferrell. <laughs> right? <laughs> At the same time. Shared universe. Eurovision. <laughs> Eurovision is happened in the in MCU. MCU. <laughs> yeah, that's why there's a ghost. <laughs> and elves. <laughs> and they sing that song, Volcano Man, which is like, man, check that song out. That's a banger. Now, is it possible? Because I feel like nobody's talking about this one. And I'm not saying that that... This is what it is, but it's certainly a possibility. Is it possible that there's scrolls involved in this? Because we did get a teaser of scrolls at the end of the last Spider-Man movie. Oh, that they were representing. Like Nick Fury was a scroll the whole yeah. time in that movie. Working with Nick, the real Nick. Yeah. So they were still good guys. Maybe. There could, you know, now that they've established that in a, in the Spider-Man movie as that, I feel like if we see Maria Hill or Nick Fury in this movie, we'll be looking for clues that they're scrolls. Yeah. You know, like there's things like uh, scrolls can replicate a look, but if somebody's got a power of some kind, they can't replicate that because there was like only the super, super scrolls can. I thought there was only one super scroll. He and he there was is, at least that's his name is super scroll. Well, there was at some point in the comics there was at least four because they had like one for each Fantastic Four power. And then there's one now there's one that has all four of the Fantastic Four powers. Yeah, so there you go. But he's become a good guy. <laughs> his name is Super. I think scroll, he actually. I think he actually uh, sacrificed himself at some in some storyline to save to so everybody could win. Well, I'm sure he'll be dead forever. <laughs> That's they how comics are. works. Once somebody dies, they never come back. <laughs> but the only time we've seen the scrolls be able to copy powers really in the comics is the Fantastic Four specifically. Um, unless I don't know, I actually have not read any of the Secret Wars. Spider Woman. That like the Scroll Queen had Spider Woman's abilities and was Spider Woman for two years in the comics. We just didn't know and that she's was the secret like, invasion. She's got like venom powers or something like that. She basically has Spider Man powers plus like a venom thing. Yeah, and they did the same thing with Miles Morales. What's up? With but that? they added <laughs> they added the camouflaging ability. Oh, and they gave him stealth mode. Yeah, they made him one yeah, better. Christ, <laughs> he's 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 pretty great though, Miles Morales. Does anybody want to talk anything else about the Spider Man trailer that is not involved around the Sinister uh, Six? I hope that when they make him show us Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin, that instead of having that horrible motorcycle helmet for a mask, I hope that they just paint his fucking face green. <laughs> oh, like oh. they should have the siege. Like they should have in the first place. His face is the perfect goblin face. Like when I heard that yeah. Willem Dafoe had been cast You're as like, the Green yeah, Goblin, I was that's, like, that's why. It's because of his mm -hmm. face. And then they covered it up and it was like huge. The mask huge is mistake. not the mask is not great in that first Spider-Man movie. No, it's terrible. It's the worst. It's one of the worst costumes we've seen in a superhero movie is the Green Goblin. I'm costume. not going to go that far. No, I've seen far go too many TV movies that not counting were those. I'm not counting those. I'm talking like big, big ones. The X-Men's, the Spider-Men's, the Batman's, the Marvel's, the I mean, Green, Green Lantern was pretty awful. Yep. That's why I said one of the worst. <laughs> <laughs> and also, it was – and 
I would say the Green Lantern one is also worse because it's not just a bad costume, but it's CGI. At least the Green Goblin costume was practical, yeah. which gives you point, which gives it points. It's harder to do a practical costume. Good, especially back in those days. And it was as good as they could make it, but it yeah. wasn't a good costume. All right. I want to talk about the Sinister Six here. So everybody is talking about the Sinister Six Michael being involved Keaton's with this. Vulture is confirmed in the well, movie. Well, we're going we're gonna to go through this one He's by one Sinister really Six. quick. So I'm gonna, There's I'm, number one. I've got three categories confirmed, possible, and wild speculation. All right. Okay. Believable, badass, or bullshit. So confirmed, we've got Electro. Jamie Foxx has literally said on social media months and months ago that he was going to be in it, but he was not going to be blue. He's green and yellow. Said. Right. Which I, that's, is great. That's what you can assume. As, as long as he's got like a star halo, I'm good. So I think we can assume <laughs> Electro's probably a villain. Any of this could go a different way, but I think we can assume Electro's a villain in this. He'll have like a pointy cowl instead of a full-on head he- head mask. He'll have like a pointy cowl. Okay, confirmed. Very obviously, Doc Ock. He's in yep. the trailer, but he did turn good at the end of Spider-Man 2. However, people were noticing when he goes evil in Spider-Man 2, whenever the tentacles are taking over, there's red lights at the end of his arms and they're white when it's not. And they're red in this trailer. Okay. So like, I think we can assume that he's a villain in this, right? Or like maybe the arms have just fully taken over. There are uh, there are runs of Spider-Man comics where freaking uh, the body itself is just like a half dead corpse. Practically, oh, exactly. that just is hanging there while the arms are doing everything. Yeah. And that's like one of the best ways. Like, it's the creepiest thing you can do with Doc Ock is to just be like, the arms have taken over. Yeah. yeah. The body is, is incidental at this point, and it's just kind of attached. So it's still alive, but it doesn't do it's like in a coma basically <laughs> yeah. and like the arms can like talk through the body all slurred and evil gross mon- robot sounding like ooh, <laughs> that's that would be like david cronenberg's doc ock is what i'm talking <laughs> yeah. or, need to or i need to, that whoever it was that made brand new cherry flavor i forget their name but like they could do a real good doc ock in that style because even cr- like honestly the Raimi brothers Raimi could have done it that way he's he's known for his fucking creepy gore shit yeah like maybe we'll get a little bit of that i think dr strange allegedly Raimi does a segment of the spider-man movie too well, i say allegedly he's but. also he's famously been a first unit director for the cohen brothers before and well that's because the cohen's uh joel cohen worked on evil dead with him like they they grew up together no, i'm saying friends. so but he has experience just being like I'm not filming the key scenes I'm just filming like these other segments Mm -hmm. like uh, if you watch uh my favorite Coen Brothers movie, uh, Hudsucker Proxy. Anytime the camera will be following uh, the pneumatic tubes that send messages throughout the office building. Yeah. And it's the Deadite cam. Yeah. It's straight up the Deadite cam from Evil Dead. And you're like, what a weird shift in like, because usually you don't like you want a movie to represent the directors, the main director's style. And the Coen, in that regard, the one of the things that makes the Coen Brothers great, they welcomed Raimi in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and but we're like, should add also, your, a splash of your flavor should to Should also this movie. be noticed, Badass. noted, Joel Conan was a camera operator on Conan Evil O'Brien. Dead. Joel Cohen. He was a camera operator for Evil Dead. So it's like, I don't know. Jeff he might Winger? have even come up with that. All right, I'm going to move on. So confirmed <laughs> Green Goblin. We got the Goblin Bombs. 
that look like the ones from the Sam Raimi trailer. We heard trailer. Willem Dafoe's laugh. We definitely heard, which like a lot of people are like, yeah, those bombs say it's Willem Dafoe. And I'm like, did nobody else hear the laugh? Like that's yeah, the I crazy the thing that's to me. what I It heard. was so obvious. And like so many yep. people on the internet are speculating. You can tell they're going frame by frame and not listening to a lot of it because Ugh, that's a horrible way to live one. your life. Going frame by frame through a movie trailer for fake internet points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 25 Easter eggs you might have missed in the spot. Spider-Man trailer. I mean, at least we enjoy talking to each other, except I'm starting to hate you a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Might murder you in your sleep. Uh, It could be a Harry Osborn (laughs) hallucination, I guess, technically, right? Because Green Goblin died. God, I hope. Probably not, though, because James Franco seems like he might be He's not going to be in this Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It seems unlikely. Uh, Possible the lizard. Possible. Right? Like, there's kind of a dark scene. Can't really. Kind of a People are saying things they see. You can't really see anything, but there is a growling noise, so maybe the lizard. Could be Venom. Could be Scorpion. Most likely lizard. Yeah. But the Scorpion and Venom are possibilities. More the Scorpion than Venom because Scorpion. We'll come back to those. Scorpion is a, a. has previously been a Sinister Six member. Yeah. We'll, well come that and we'll we, come back we've to already had Scorpion in No Way Home. God damn it. Just hold your horses. <laughs> we'll come back to that. You're That's... saying Matt Gargan is in. What? Matt Gargan is in it. Yeah. Matt Gargan is the Scorpion. Yeah. Is the name of the Scorpion. And he. Okay. Let's, promise, we're in that section I'm, now. We're not. We're, we're in, in that we're section. We're in the possible section. Now flip it around. Fine. Fuck it. All right. <laughs> all right. Fine. Fine. Which one you want to hit? We're talking about Scorpion okay. now. Matt so, Gargan is the one that talks to Michael Keaton's character in the prison and asks, like, we heard that you know the identity of Spider-Man and he won't tell him. That's Matt Gargan. Right. He's got a Scorpion tattoo. It's also the dude from Better Call Saul who's fucking amazing. Like, he's not really good. So he yes. um, famously becomes a supervillain because J. Jonah Jameson is trying to build a super suit that specifically kills Spider-Man. And he's like, and then he hires Matt Gargan and turns out Matt Gargan's a fucking psychopath. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not to kill Spider-Man. It's to reveal his identity. However, Sylvester Smythe, who is the the guy who's making the suits, eventually cracks because he's so pissed that Spider-Man keeps beating all these spider slayers. They get more and more deadly. Yes. And then he wants to straight up kill Spider-Man because he's upset that he keeps failing. And then Matt Gargan is also the psychopath who really tries to. Does Sylvester Smythe have a supervillain name? Or is that just... It's just his name. Because his name almost sounds like a supervillain name yeah. already. Yeah. And it's the Stan Lee book of like, let's have alliteration. alliteration. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, like, there's kind of a guy in The Tinkerer is a character that kind of fills that sort of role at, at times. He's like, I yeah. build everybody's gadgets for him and shit. And he's a great character. He's a very minor character in the original spider in yeah the- i would say the difference between the tinkerer and and sylvester smythe is sylvester smythe is always doing cybernetic suits to kill did spider-man he, did he build the rhino suit by any chance or is that another guy i think that's a thing that they retconned into other spider-man tales but that's not Ooh. initially what happened speaking of rhino is he on your list uh yeah yeah he okay, is so we're we'll just going all next. over the place <laughs> <laughs> yeah I I don't like Paul Giamatti didn't get to finish his battle so wild speculation that is possible it is possible I, I thought that was a terrible version of Rhino yes for I'm, one thing one of the key things about the Rhino character is he's trapped in that suit yes he can't take it off and that suit that uh that Paul Giamatti is it's he can just climb out of it <laughs> it's huge like. And that's not the point of the rhino 
suit. The point is it's very different. So it, the, the thing doesn't necessarily have to look like a, the skin of a rhino like he does in the early comics. I like the version that's in the PS4 game, the version of Rhino. He's like, he's not an idiot. He's like, he's got that rush. He's like Russian or whatever. So he's got mm-hmm. the accent and, uh, but he's not like, he's brute force, but he's not a dummy. Yeah. In the comics, know? he's definitely a dumb. Dummy. Yeah. And I like him. I liked the PS, if they should, if they do bring Rhino back into the Spider-Man movies, they should draw from that game as inspiration for how to realize him in the movie. Yeah. I thought that was a great version. So possible Sandman, we've got kind of a sandstorm, which I've seen a couple of screen grabs where there's actually a face in the sand. So and that it's could not even 100% be... Sandman, but it could be Sandman. Like we saw something similar in the second one, which wound up being a projection of Mysterio. You know, it would be really fun. It would be really fun if they intentionally put that in there for all these weirdos that are going frame by frame and it's just to troll them. Yeah, like it, <laughs> yeah. it was just the way the dirt looked for a second. No, they intentionally put it in there to make the people, because nobody's going to watch the movie in the theater frame by frame. You right. know? So you could put it in a single frame of the movie and not ruin the movie, but still have it there to be found by weirdos that go through movies frame by frame. Or you could be stuff. doing it just for the trailer as Marvel has done yes. in the past. Yeah. Um, if it is Sandman, it's not 100% that he would be Sinister Six, though, because that dude also takes a hero turn at the end of Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Yep. So, like, I, he didn't really want to be a, a villain tragic. He's first. always kind of a tragic. Yeah. yeah. More than he is, like, a sinister villain. But he was one of the founding members of the Sinister Six. So yeah, I it's think. very much a, mis- a bad name. Sinister? Bad name. I'm, I'm sinister. One of them is sinister. It's been good enough yeah. where they've had at least 30 Tombs inc- is sinister. incarnations of it. <laughs> Vulture's confirmed. Uh, he's confirmed? Where'd you hear that? Michael at? Keaton confirmed it. Did he? Yep. I haven't heard he's that. He's done two interviews so far. One for the Flash movie where he confirmed that he's that he's going to be in that movie. And that they explained this stuff to him and he doesn't understand any of it. But he doesn't care. He thinks it's cool anyways. And then he also said... He's confirmed that he's playing Tombs. He's playing the Vulture in No Way Home. Interesting. Now and he could. The thing is, is he he's playing not. He's playing his right character. Well, he that's might in the not first movie. be a villain in this, but I I suspect that he is because he wouldn't give up Peter at the end of it. He but could I even still just think he's have a cameo where he's still in prison. He could just yeah. be a cameo. Maybe he maybe he has like a teleconference phone call with his daughter. Yeah, it's true. Or something. Who knows? I guess she's not the girl that. Maybe he's hanging out with uh, Nacho. Nacho Libre. Scorpion. Scorpion. Yeah. Matt Gargan. It's it's all a possibility. Okay, another possibility. Mysterio. We saw him die. Did we see him die? Like, honestly, with a character like this. And nobody is, like, talking about this, which amazes me because, like, I walked away from the end of the second one being, like, I don't really know that he's dead. Mysterio's not a guy in the MCU. Mysterio is a team. Uh, in, in the MCU, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But this is what but I want to see. furthermore, that particular guy might still be alive because his whole bag is tricking people. It could be an yeah, illusion. Yeah, I think he's dead, but. I think he might be dead, but I think he might be alive. He, I just want to like, I just want to say. I am There's a confident. reason why that video got leaked out. There's I'm, a reason. I'm confident that that, that the character that was played by, what's his name? Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. I believe 
I'm confident that that person is dead in the MCU. I think that anybody could take on the role of Mysterio in the MCU, but what I want to see is I want to see them bring Mysterio in from the Raimi verse, and I want it to be Bruce Campbell because <laughs> that would be fun. There is that theory that Bruce Campbell that the he plays a different character in all three of the Spider Mans that Raimi did, and there was a theory that all of those were the actually the same guy. There are storyboards that show the opening of the fourth Spider Man that never got made, and he gets he's bringing in Mysterio, and they take off the helmet and it's Bruce Campbell and it was supposed to be this awesome fourth cameo we never got it we gotta get it now we need a Bruce Campbell Mysterio start the petition it's too late because the movie's already been made but start the petition (laughs) hashtag Campbell Mysterio not the soup I'll get behind that that'll be one of our hashtags on Instagram for sure (laughs) another possibility Venom just because Sony really wants Venom in there we've gotten shades in the Venom trailer that the suit's kind of taking over they're desperate to make Venom a thing yeah I don't don't think the box office or the critic reviews of the first Venom warranted a sequel but we got one anyways oh the money warranted a sequel the money warranted a sequel yeah but it's like the thing with with if it's Venom I don't know that he would not necessarily be a villain in this though because like they kind of make him out to be an anti-hero so like i could see him teaming up with other spider-men and dr strange Mm -hmm. and maybe somebody else to make like six people to battle six people like that's a possibility nobody's thinking they could also just make it an alternate universe even from the one that that is the sony movie that's true we might get the Topher grace venom what if they did Topher Grace Venom, but they made it like palpable? Like, like, is there a way to make it fun and good for the MCU? Like that would really be a masterstroke. I'm if they just not that. sure Topher Grace was ever the right choice. He was not. I, I fully admit that it's and one I, of the biggest. And I actually do but, really like Topher Grace. And I think he's a pretty good actor. Like, but it was literally everybody understood. Yeah. He's Eric Foreman. He's not. Venom. He wasn't ready. He wasn't ready to do anything something else he also eddie he brock was like a dude who was like cut from granite and this guy yep. was not yeah like ramey was, was doing a, a weird different choice well, he was trying to like meet like he was trying to mirror peter parker yeah. in a darker way Closer. which i get it but like that's too popular of a character to do that way it's also like i think a big part of it is like um it's kind of like Venom is kind of like what if a bully got Spider-Man's powers? Yeah. And uh, as like just as like a symbolic thing, mm-hmm. as an abstract, Venom is a bully with Spider-Man powers. Yeah. And that's why he's not always a villain because bullies often can be redeemed. Yeah. You know, you can teach a bully empathy. <laughs> uh, another possibility here I think we touched on already is Craven because they're making a Craven movie. And his origin is so tied in with Spider-Man's origin that I wouldn't be shocked if he wound up in this movie somehow. We know very little about the Craven. So. And I know very little about the Craven character. And I just am not super. He's basically a big <laughs> game hunter. And then he gets obsessed with the idea of hunting Spider-Man because he seems like the most dangerous prey to, to hunt down. Yeah. So he becomes obsessed with it. And then eventually he buries Spider-Man alive and then takes his suit and like swings around trying to be Spider-Man and then drinks a bunch of vodka and kills himself. You know, uh, Ryan North in the uh, Incredible Squirrel Girl comics 
that he wrote. He made a very fun change to the Craven the Hunter character where, you know, Craven was like, I'm going to kill Spider-Man. He's the greatest, the world's greatest prey or whatever. And Squirrel Girl's like, why? And Craven's like, uh, shit, I never really thought about it. <laughs> and she's like, did you ever hear about this underwater beast that's like huge and blah, blah, blah. And Craven's like, I'm going to go hunt that. And like eventually Craven becomes like buddies with them all because because really his only beef with Spider-Man is I want to hunt you. But yeah. then it's like, yeah. and but then all they have to do is offer him better hunts. And he's satisfied with that. <laughs> like He's not really even a bad guy at all. He just has a really warped sense of priorities. <laughs> okay. Another wild speculation, the shocker, like Herman Schultz. Schultz was webbed to a bus and arrested. I don't think so, but he was a member of the Sinister Six, so it should be noted it's a it's a piece that's already been in play. The Shocker technology does exist. Right. And, we and saw- nobody has the moniker of Shocker, but we saw a guy who had the name that the Shocker has use the Shocker machine. Yeah. So- <laughs> yeah it's Herman Schultz, yeah. Right. Like but he's actually- he wasn't. I'm, I'm just going to say he wasn't the Shocker in that movie. They he- just – like alluded to the no. shocker character a Vulture dozen times. literally says, now you're the shocker. Oh, does he say that? Yeah. Oh, okay. literally My says bad that. Then. I didn't after, remember. After that. he like accidentally kills the guy, but she totally killed the guy like on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. I wild remember that. was a power move. <clears throat> this is wild speculation. Okay. The Hobgoblin. Because the Hobgoblin is Ned Leeds in the comic. And, and when he what forgets- if there's another universe where Ned Leeds is the Hobgoblin and he steals Green Goblin stuff which could be those pumpkin bombs how about this what if when dr strange uses casts his spell and everybody forgets who spider-man is his own ned goes into a dark arc goes in and becomes his hobgoblin dark arc sounds like doc ock i like that (laughs) like it would be fascinating if in this reset of the spider-man continuity they turn Ned from a guy in the chair into his one Nemesis. of his one of his villains. That would be, and it would also be really cool to see a plus size actor play a villain like the Hobgoblin. Yeah, it would be cool to see him play a character where his superpower or his thing was not based around what he looked like. You know, like I like that's one of my yeah. favorite things about Deadpool too is they got a chubby little New Zealander Islander kid to play this character. And because it's like they don't all have to look like they came from the CW verse, you know, they the kids, you know, like all these people, they're all just cut, you know. And I was thinking about it the other day and I like kind of take issue with Scott Lang's ability to fight. Anybody. He's not a good fighter. He really is better than he should be, though, still. Oh, yeah. But that's there's and more it bugs me. You. Okay, it just <laughs> got to move on. I got three more here, and we're going to try and get them quickly. Uh, wild speculation, the Prowler, Donald Glover's yep. character. He's Miles Morales' uncle. That is the Prowler. And, so, and we and, see in the By the, the way, everybody feast. here has been a member of the Sinister Six, yeah. so I'm not just pulling these villains out of a hat. So either. we see the Feast trailer. Uh, we see the Feast Center in the trailer, and that's where Miles Morales uh in the video game. And in the comics. I don't remember that in the comics. Well, but there's a lot of Miles Morales <laughs> That is true. <laughs> uh, also, there's the shot of the Iron Spider armor. And there is a version of the Sinister Six that 
the Prowler is leading, and he had stolen the Iron Spider armor and was wearing it. How so, weird. Yeah, there you go. Uh, more wild speculation. The Chameleon. He could be in the trailer the whole time, and we just have no <laughs> idea. Because he can look He's like anybody. every scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what if it turned out he was Doctor Strange and Peter Parker and Doc Ock? <laughs> so that's a, a possibility. And then Carnage, because once again, Sony, I feel like, is going to get a couple of characters worked into this. So wait, why didn't you mention Morbius? I did not mention Morbius because he's <laughs> never been a member of the Sinister Six. And everybody number hates, one. and everybody hates Jared Leto. <laughs> and I don't think the MCU is willing to go down that road with Jared Leto. It's possible. I, I, it's yeah, a possi- I mean, it's a possibility. They, I think it is the least of all of these possibilities. Like, it's okay. Here's the thing. I think Marvel is willing to work with Jared Leto. I think Disney's less keen on working with Jared Leto, and I yes. think that Sony doesn't obviously doesn't give a fuck. No, but it's like it's almost like you could take problematic people and just put them under Sony and keep them put like we want to bring uh we want to bring what's his name the one the really one the awful one. Joker? No. No, not character. I mean actor. Like problematic actor. Louis C.K. No, I, we already talked about him. Uh, Dude, we could be playing this Kevin game Spacey. all day. Okay. But you, you could never bring Kevin Spacey into the Disney MCU, but you could put him in a Sony movie. Yeah, 100%. Because <laughs> Sony is like the – what? Oh, they're like the scumbag MCU. <laughs> we got to start calling. How did they get Let's Tom Hardy? That. Seriously, how That's, did they get Tom Hardy? That's weird. He kind of looks like a scumbag, But dude. he's not, as far as I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard, no, no, I've heard I don't he's actually he's, a pretty good guy. I don't think like. he's a scumbag in real life. I think he's really good at playing scumbags. Like – He's a he's a he's a scumbag scummy version of Mad Max. He's like a he look look at him in this in no I get it I get it Venom. I get he it. looks like a scumbag. His eyes are all hooded like he's on heroin and all right. So last thing I got is we were gonna change dates on when we're recording, but anyways I didn't we didn't do that this week partly because I went to a concert in Missoula for Modest Mouse and God I love that who was, how was it good good show. It was a really good show. Um, I did like it better because this is the second time I saw them. We saw them in Missoula at the Big Sky Brewery, but that was Kettle House is a much better. It's venue. so much it's a better. Way better venue. Honestly, it's like Night the perfect venue I've been to, or the the most perfect venue I've been to because it's just big enough where you get that big crowd feel, but it's just small enough where you never lose side of the band you're always close and that yards like that that grass i would much rather be on the cheap grass seats yep. than like anything else in that yep. so perfect me too i don't want to sit on a metal folding chair on a flat on concrete that's yeah, been soaking that. in the sun yeah i'm not interested and i'm too old for the pit now yeah yeah so so we're in the, we were in the pit but we're like we're just like it's a modest mouse pit so it's it's not like chill. it's not yeah at the most you're gonna get some bouncing you're not gonna have anybody slam it, it was you're gonna get the it most was pretty in- basically just people standing watching the show like right. it was the most intensity that 40 and 50 year olds could bring yeah it was <laughs> like shuffling from one foot to the other well, slowly yeah. Do you know where the bathroom is? Is that the start of the beer line? Like, that's the pit yeah. at a Modest Mouse concert. <laughs> yeah. And it was, I actually learned that, like, the, uh, the lead Lots singer of- is three years older than us. Yeah. So Lots of dads with their kids on their shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> with the big earmuffs. Like yeah. The, the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. But I, what I really like is how there is never a wait in line for the bathroom or the beer. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. what you want. Yeah. It's like a mini The Gorge with the way that it's set up with the sloping hill down to the pit. Yeah. 
Um, it's just like a smaller version, but it's the same setup and it's a good setup because the gorge is one of my favorite the gorge big venues the gorge is my favorite big venue for sure yeah yeah also the hollywood bowl i only ever been there once for weird and maybe it was because it was weird out that it was so awesome <laughs> but that was a cool spot um did anybody open for them or was it just modest they Mouse? did have and i there were a band out of philadelphia and i don't remember the name of it, but they were they were they, they were, were fine decent memorable yeah it's funny because sydney's like not actually, memorable enough to remember the name no uh it was like the illusionists or something along those lines youngest child they uh it's like i know this band like follows them on some social media TikTok. platform but they were kind of a um emo-ish band that's fair they're fine not my cup of tea but so do, were they promoting a new album or were they just uh yeah modest mouse dropped an album uh, two three months ago did but they played i heard they played lots of classics uh it was they did most of the new album plus like all of most of their big hits right because bands do that when they come to montana because they're like you poor montana kids don't get to see bands so you've never seen a live band before <laughs> but it's we'll play our greatest I, hits. Did, I did like that they played strictly all of their music like they they didn't do any covers they didn't do any covers that's what that's a weezer thing though weezer cover like, no but i mean like, i have now. seen Blech. lots tom, of bands tom petty and the heartbreakers don't even get me started on that i, I put John in a pause because i knew he was gonna go off wait you uh, paused he always he, no i I, oh. I paused because i knew you'd go off when i said tom petty <laughs> i uh, think you mean john he Mellencamp. did one Same cover guy. he did one cover each time i saw him like he did uh baby please don't go to down to new orleans baby love you so baby please don't go <laughs> like it did it in yeah. his own version but uh pearl jam when we saw them they covered one or two yeah songs. they did uh the cover of the clash uh know your rights yeah so on uh, Scott Ackerman and those guys were talking about some old school singer guy from the 50s. And he would when he was promoting himself, he'd have this tape. Talking of, about hot dog? No, no, no. This is a real guy. <laughs> oh, but okay. like at, he would always do a cover of like specifically the Louis Armstrong Wonderful World. And they were like saying like for this white lounge singer guy to do a Louis Armstrong voice is like really problematic. But then they couldn't stop doing it because they'd go, Louis Armstrong, skibbity boop. <laughs> and like they just kept saying, skibbity boop. <laughs> and now it's like the greatest thing ever. He actually invented scatting. He's pretty amazing. Yeah. And I, I not, don't not Scott think, Ackerman. I mean Louis Armstrong. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's actually problematic to do a Louis Armstrong impression because he has such a unique voice. I think it's that, all in what you're doing with the impression. Let's be yeah, honest. It is okay to go skibbity boop. <laughs> Try it. <laughs> nope. Because <laughs> I'm not. I'm Coward. not like. Yeah, absolutely, dude. I'm not a hundred percent firm, and it depends on what you're doing in the impression camp. <laughs> That's Man, what and I, I think. And I, and I don't really want to know what the internet wants if to do with my, my uh, impression there. If two so. white guys and one white lady that are relatively well-known are comfortable doing that impression on their <laughs> podcast, okay. on their podcast, I'm comfortable doing it on this one because <laughs> they have way more listeners than we do. <laughs> you don't know that. Oh, I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I, I <laughs> you know what? They have at least, you. they they will always have at least one more because I listen to their podcast and I don't listen to ours. <laughs> 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 on that note. Yeah. 
So well, how did, how are you going to like fact check when I'm I'm here and you're not? I mean, I listened to it when I wasn't here. Oh, 100%. He's to not. To fact check it. But if it makes you feel better, I have heard you say some wild shit <laughs> that I looked up on Google and I was like, you're wrong. And I fact checked you by deleting that part of the episode. <laughs> and that has happened easily 50 times that is in a the hidden, last 10 years. That is a hidden, that is censorship. By the way, I also do it to I myself my voice heard, and I do it, it to everybody else. Like, unless it's a very funny moment, I haven't always done it, haven't done it to up. me yet. I've never gotten a single thing done wrong. it to you. <laughs> <laughs> See, now they're not going to hear this. Me They'll saying, I don't care. I've never. Dude, guess what? I edit things. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's censorship, you. He's censoring us. Yeah, totally. Whereas the only reason I'm still here is Stockholm Syndrome. Take it I easy. love you guys. <laughs> Please subscribe, rate, and review the show. Follow us or reach out on Instagram at NSF underscore network, Facebook's Not Safe for Network page, or email Not Safe for Network podcast at gmail.com. Not Safe for Network was created and hosted by Carl Borneman, Brandon Beardsley, and Alex Small. Produced by Alex Small. Subscribe to all the podcasts on our network. Season 3 of Movies with Wrestlers has Eric and Connor answering the question on everyone's mind. Who's better, The Rock or John Cena? Every week, a cosmic void has Jeremiah and Biggs deconstructing influential movies. Not Safe for Network examines the zeitgeist through rabbit holes, deep dives, interviews, and pop culture battles weekly. And if you need some classic TV talk, catch up on the previous three seasons of In Syndication.